We're going to take a few minutes and study Torah together. Let's pray. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Sometimes we get lost or trapped in an either-or argument where we're told we have to pick either this or that, and yet it may be that it's a false choice. It can be a false dichotomy from a point of view of logic. It can be a false binary from the point of view of some programmers and others. But we're presented with two choices that seem to be opposites, and we're told, choose one. And I want to talk to you about how you can get beyond that either-or when you need to. When it comes to salvation, it's important to get beyond the either-or because we each have to do our part. God has already done his part, and now we need to do our part, and God makes a covenant with us. A covenant is a serious agreement that God has initiated, but it requires our active participation. And it's like this, that God has made a contract with humanity about how we can be rescued, and he set the terms. One of the terms is he will provide the atoning sacrifice. And he did this while we were still far away from him. Let me read to you two scriptures. You can turn to Romans 5, verse 8. God demonstrates his love for us in this way, while we were still sinners, Messiah died for us. And then Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1, puts it this way. Now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. And in Isaiah, we also find out that God calls us by name even before we knew him. And so there is this, this theme that God has started first. He's taken the initiative to express love. And not only that, he's recognized that we have not been able to keep the covenant with him. And we need a covenant that is even greater than the covenant at Sinai. That's the new covenant that we need. So the Lord says, I called you by name. So our part is to enter into the agreement. I'll compare it to this. It's like there's an agreement and we need to sign on all the places where your signature is required. We need to initial all the places where your initials are required. Otherwise, it's an unexecuted agreement, and you don't have a real agreement that you get the benefits of. Now, this, this week's Torah portion helps us think about this, about the idea that God has his part, we have our part, because it's not an either-or, it's both together, and that's why I chose the title today, Both Sides Now. 
Let's read in Exodus about the two parts, and then we'll look at some New Covenant Scriptures and see the same topic. So turn to Exodus chapter 27, verses 20 and 21. You are to order the people of Israel to bring you pure oil. This is what the Lord says to Moses. You are to order the people of Israel to bring you pure oil of pounded olives for the light and to keep a lamp burning continually. Aaron and his sons are to put it in the tent of meeting outside the curtain in front of the testimony and keep it burning from evening until morning before the Lord. This is to be an ongoing and permanent regulation through all the generations of the people of Israel. So let's look at this. Order Israel to bring pure oil and to keep the lamp burning nonstop. And so this speaks of effort in response. It speaks of a process. Bring oil from pounded olives. So I want you to think about this. God does not make olive oil. God makes olive trees. We make olive oil. Someone said, God doesn't make tables. He makes trees. And if you're praying for a table, you've still got to make a table. Somebody's got to make a table. We make olive oil. That's our responsibility, it's our work. And the same is the case for many of the items that are listed in this Torah passage, which we won't review, but they're garments, breastplate, vests, robes, tunics, turbans, sashes, engraved stones, gold mountings, gold chains, and so on. The work is given to artisans, to skilled craftsmen. And we see this concept also in the New Testament, in the New Covenant Scriptures, when Paul writes to Timothy about Timothy's spiritual ministry. And remember that the Paul is an apostle who's raising Timothy up, and Timothy later will be an apostle himself. And so Paul is instructing his protege, and he's... he's communicating something, I think, that reflects Paul's understanding that it's a combination of human effort and God's grace. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Paul says this, be diligent or put your best effort into this in order to present yourself to God as one who has been approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Be diligent. Let's say that out loud. Be diligent. Let's say another way. Put your best effort into it. That's good. That way, when you put your best effort in, you won't have to be ashamed. That's if you've got a calling and some talent, too. That's important. I could put my best best effort into certain things and it still wouldn't be enough. That's why I'm not on the worship team. <laughs> As the congregation says, amen. <laughs> Put your best effort in. Now another aspect of this is reflected in 
the letter that Peter wrote, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9, Peter expresses his understanding of how God supplies the necessary resources and we supply the necessary effort. So on one hand, you have resources, and on the other hand, you have effort, and the two go together. Starting in verse 3, speaking of the Lord, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Through these, He's given us His precious and magnificent promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature now that you've escaped the corruption of the world that's caused by evil desires. Verse 5, for this very reason. Another way of saying it is, that's why. For this very reason, make every effort. Let's say that together. Make every effort. To add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Verse 8, because if you possess these qualities and continue to grow in them, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. But whoever lacks these traits is nearsighted to the point of blindness, having forgotten that he's been cleansed from his past sins. So let's think about it. Where do we get what we need for life and godliness? Paul says, through the Lord's divine power. And how do we obtain this? By knowing him. By knowing him who called us by his own glory and excellence. That's how he gives us his incredible promises. So through these promises, we partake of his divine nature, and that's how we escape the ways the world corrupts us. And that is also the promise of the new covenant in Jeremiah 31, that each of us would know the Lord. That's what the great prophet of Israel, Jeremiah, declared about the new covenant. It would be a new covenant. It would be built upon but different from the Sinai covenant. And one of the distinctive marks is that the Torah would be on our hearts. It would be internalized. But another quality of the new covenant is that all would know the Lord from the least to the greatest. So it's knowing the Lord is not just knowing about him or knowing that he exists. It means to have a personal, intimate relationship with someone, in this case, the Lord. To have that kind of relationship is, is why in the scriptures, intimacy between husband and wife is referred to as knowing and he knew her. And it doesn't mean that he knew she existed. It is important to know that God exists, but that is not the stopping point any more 
then it is enough for a husband to know that his wife exists. I like to prove this sometimes in, in conferences. I ask all the husbands to turn to their wife and look them in the eye and say, I know you exist, and see what happens. <laughs> and, and usually nothing happens. <laughs> and that is so different than looking your beloved in the eyes and taking her hands and saying, I love you, and speaking her name. When you say to the Lord, I know you exist, well, that's a good starting point, but if that's as far as you go, that is not knowing the Lord. Having intimacy with the Lord, having a personal relationship with the Lord, that's the promise of the new covenant. That's what Peter is understanding as well. It's through our knowing that we partake of. And so Peter says, with all that in mind, make every effort. Make every effort to add these things. So that's our part. That's what we do. That's our spiritual and our practical work. And you could say the recipe is something like this. We start with the nature and the power of God and His promises. They're the source. Let's underline that word, source. And the means by which we partake in His divine nature. And then put all your effort into adding these things, the faith, the virtue, the knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. This is speaking about the fruit of the Spirit and developing this character. It's not, these are not just gifts that come instantly. Gifts like that that come instantly don't require such effort. The fruit of the Spirit does require effort. Make every effort. Be diligent. Do all you can. I'm going to give you four scriptures to close this part with. 2 Peter 3, verse 14. So then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort. Say that with me. Make every effort. Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. That was useful for me this week as I was remembering, it was actually last week, I think, that it happened, but I lost my peace. And I had to make every effort to get it back. Make every effort. Make every effort. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and your election, for if you do these things, you will be, and then it goes on. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following the example of the rebellion and disobedience in the wilderness. And then in Luke, last verse from this, Luke chapter 13, verse 24, make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. So Mishpacha, we need to be clear about something here. We don't have what it takes to save ourselves. 
we can't make a sacrifice that's adequate for our own atonement. We don't have it. And all of these things together help us appreciate what God has done by giving us the new covenant and by making it possible for us to be reconciled to God through the atoning sacrifice of Yeshua. Now, what is our part? Our part, our response to God, is to trust God. That's to have faith in Him, our loving Him, our walking with Him, learning His ways, doing His will. That's our part. Without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. Faith is not just believing in an abstract theological doctrine. Faith is a relationship word that means to trust. To have faith in God is not just to believe that he exists. It goes far beyond that. It means to be faithful to God who is faithful to trust the Lord, and to live in such a way that our lives reflect that trust. That's our part. Now, I want to shift gears a little bit because I want to continue with the idea of doing our part, but it's in a completely different direction. And I I want you to be alert. I want you to be cautious during this season. We've been praying about being alert and being careful, not fearful. There is a difference between being alert and being terrified. They're not the same thing. And I just want to share a word of caution with you and to encourage you to pay attention, especially about things that everyday kinds of things that you're normally at risk for and vulnerable for, such as the danger of falls. A number of people have fallen recently and um, injured themselves. And that's not an extraordinary thing, but there's been a lot lately. And also, as I was driving the other day, I, I remembered these words of caution from my mother. You probably heard these from your mother. Look both ways before you cross the street. And if your mother didn't say that to you, I will fill in for her. Look both ways. Now, that seems like such a mundane and juvenile caution. And yet, this is what I have seen. I've had moments when I was at a busy intersection and the light turned green for me, and I had the sense, look both ways before you cross the intersection. And then I see one, two, three cars, trucks, run the red light right through the intersection I was about to go in. And that's not, that's not unusual in Florida. So we tend to be cautious, but I want to encourage you to be extra alert in these days, especially about close calls and things like that. And the reason is, as we're standing with Israel and with the Jewish people, 
right now, we're engaging in spiritual warfare. We enter into intense spiritual warfare. Standing with Yeshua the Messiah brings us into spiritual warfare. It puts us right in the middle of spiritual warfare. And if you say, well, I didn't sign on for that, I want to tell you, actually, you did. That's what this covenant with God is all about, that we would be victorious in spiritual warfare. He's doing his part. We'll do our part. We'll recognize what's spiritual. We'll do our part. We'll put on the spiritual armor. We'll be alert. We'll pay attention. When we stand with the body of Messiah, when you stand with the Messianic movement, when you stand with our Messianic synagogue, with, with Beth Israel, this Messianic congregation, our Mishpacha, that puts you into spiritual warfare. Now you add all, up, all that up together, and we need to be careful. Because when we take these stands, we are entering into spiritual warfare, and I believe that God is preparing many breakthroughs. He's preparing healings, and we've seen healings. Restoration, recovery, reconciliation, renewal. He's, he's bringing rewards and recompense. He's doing so much, and he will do even more. And I can ask you just to confirm that in your spirit. Do you have the sense that God is wanting to do even more breakthroughs and use you in a bigger way and do more through you? Well, that puts you into even more spiritual warfare. This is not an amusement park. Though there are moments when it feels like we're on a thrill ride of some sort. Years ago, I, I wrote these words. Who can discern between the warnings of the Spirit and the simple temptations of fear? Who can know the unknowable dangers that are facing us? When God is preparing for redemption, it is as if the rumor of deliverance proceeds even to the gates of hell. When the Lord wanted to deliver the children of Israel in Egypt, a rumor about it circulated in the spirit in Egypt. And Pharaoh, responding to that, stirred by the evil one, ordered the murder of Israelite boys, two years old and under. When, when the rumor of a Redeemer coming for Israel during the times of the Romans, the same thing happened. And I want to tell you something. We need to be alert. Some people think that the state of Israel was founded after the Holocaust. And because of the Holocaust, 
that there was openness to it. But I want to tell you this, the Lord had decided to bring the children of Israel back to the land of Israel long before the Holocaust. And instead of a never again, what the Lord had in mind was never at all. But the Holocaust was, I believe, another example of the ways that that the murderous spirit of evil responds to those rumors, those, those inklings of redemption and deliverance that the Lord is, is initiating and is about to do. If you think about it that way, God has great things in mind. No wonder Hamas continued in that Nazi terror because they're fighting against the redemption of the people of Israel and all the world. Stirred by the same things. We have to pay attention to this. And it's not just at the global or cosmic level. It happens at the individual level too. How many of you have had some close calls recently? Anybody? Just a few of you? Good. Good, because you're still here. Good. You had a close call, and it was a close call, which meant you survived it, or it didn't happen. And I want to tell you, this is a time of intense spiritual warfare. It will work in many different areas of your life, and this is why you need all the armor of God. It's why we need to be full of the Spirit of God. We need to be standing with the Lord. We need to understand the benefits of the Lord and how God works on our behalf. And I just want to tell you, be alert. Be careful out there. Don't give in to fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So let's pray. According to Psalm 90, verse 12, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for stirring our hearts and spirits. Thank you, Lord, for entrusting us with genuine responsibility and with real power, giving us assignments. Lord, it's our heart that we could serve you with all of our heart, soul, and strength and with gladness and joy in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to close now with Aaron's blessing. Please rise. And I want to thank everyone. And people here in in the sanctuary and people all over the world who are sending words of encouragement to us. And I just want to say, keep them coming. We, We really are encouraged by your encouragement. Thank you so much. And we are grateful for your financial support. If you want to stand with us financially, you can find out all the information on our webpage, bethisraelnow.com giving. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha, ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha, yisa Adonai panavelecha, v'yasemlecha, shalom. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, we pray.